When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For those of you just tuning in, this is Steelers Today, the Monday edition. Uh, we are doing a live Q&A session on the Steelers' thrilling 23 to 20 overtime victory versus the Seattle Seahawks where uh, TJ Watt had some late game overtime heroics and uh, Najee Harris kind of put the offense on his back. Uh, you talked about that a little bit in your, uh, your daily shot. DK. Yeah. What did you, you think yeah. of Najee's performance, man? Well, I, I, I thought he was, let's put it this way. I, I thought, I, I thought he had to do an awful lot to achieve not nearly enough, meaning per the uh, per the amount of work slash excellence that he delivered, mm-hmm. uh, for him to end up with you know whatever this was a hundred and thirty something all purpose yards on on thirty touches. Oh my goodness, no! You know, <laughs> I mean, you got to you, you got to help the guy out. You know, uh, here's how this works, everybody. Leave a question, leave a comment. This is a back and forth. This is not a uh, monologue or whatever you'd call it when two people, I guess it would be a duo log. <laughs> this is not that. Uh, bring bring what you got here. Uh, the the first thing I have here is, uh, and, and we'll we'll put it up here on the screen, and we'll hear what you have to say, and then we'll respond here. Jacob says, "Let's go." Jacob is my man because the other day he was complaining he didn't get a notification, and today God is notification. God is notification. Uh, that came from YouTube, but we're also available this show on Twitter, on Facebook, and of course on our site and our app, uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. So whatever it is that you have, we're ready for it here. Vaping All Day comes in with Here We Go Steeler Nation. I have a feeling, Eddie, we're going to be getting a lot of this good mood around town, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, whenever uh, whenever you stay up that late and get a win, everybody's everyone's in a better mood. You lose on a late game like that. I, I think I'm I'm calling off work because I'm not dealing with the general public. <laughs> well, that I think I think a lot of that did happen. Um, there were the game itself, because of the overtime and the injury delays and everything else, ended up going till near midnight. Yeah, midnight. I I know I talked to my dad after and he called off work. Uh, he 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 definitely called in sick. <laughs> Oh no! I'll I'll bet there was a, there was an awful lot of that. Here. Oh yeah. Uh, Jacob's trying to get our conversation going here. He says, "Was Claypool hurt?" Uh, no, he just wasn't good. Seven targets, two catches, seventeen two. yards for 
17 yeah. yards. It wasn't good. Uh, twice, I think, ran the wrong route. One never knows this for certain. Mm-hmm. But when you don't see the miscommunications between the quarterback and the other receivers that are going out, and you see it just with one guy, you tend to think that that's the guy that's the problem. Um, I, I, On top of that and the OPI, you know, down near the end zone where – it's just there's not a lot that's working for him right now, Eddie. There just isn't. No, and that like, you know, when you, <laughs> not that it matters in the game at all because once there's OPI, plays dead. But to push off like that and then not even come down in in bounds with the football, there was. I mean, it just it doesn't look like he's. Uh, it doesn't look like he's himself right now. There was another play. I think it was in the second or third quarter where you know, Ben tried to hit him on a on the sideline again and it was a 50 50 ball and the defender knocked the ball out of his hands he's he's a big we talked about this the other day he's a big guy he should come down with these 50 50 balls uh, absolutely absolutely todd tuttle comes in with why did the seahawks third and fourth string running backs gas the defense <laughs> so badly that was unexpected todd you unwittingly answered your own question it was unexpected by keith butler by mike tomlin they schemed all week for Seattle to throw the ball. They thought that the quarterback who had not started an NFL game in four years was going to come out and try to hit them downfield. And to some extent, they were they were right early on. But then the Seahawks, to their credit, go in at halftime and say, hang on a second. They're not defending the run at all. What, what yeah. are we doing here? Let's just go. In that case, Eddie, it doesn't matter who's. Yeah, and if you notice, most of those running plays went away from Cam Hayward too. They that was another thing they game planned in. They knew Cam Hayward was having one of the better games I've seen him have in a long time, and that's not anything against the normal game he has. But it just, you know, I I don't have an answer for that one, man. I Late really in the don't. third quarter, Cam was was uh, moved over to the left side of the defensive line, and and that started to settle things down. But late in the third quarter is yeah. kind of a late adjustment and, when you've been uh, burned for 110 yards on the ground. I was just going to say that that's a little bit on Keith Butler and the coaching staff, too, to, to, to take that long to make that. That's not a little bit. That's yeah. a little, it's a, <laughs> I We could talk about I all think, the blo- – we could talk I about the tackling a lot here. I noticed Fanica and Super Bowl uh, – what is XL? Super Bowl 40. 40, yeah. Yeah, man, it's – uh, look, I, I just made this <laughs> coffee. And you want me to do Roman numerals at this ungodly hour of the day. Still bothers Seattle. They did a lot of pulling in the third quarter to open holes for the running. I don't care about Seattle. Other than that, they make good coffee. Very good coffee. Ozzy says, why do the Steelers always play down to their competition? Always, always let teams back in the game. I'm not a big fan of generalizations like this. I'm just not. Play down to their competition. You know what? It's the NFL. What what if they – yeah. What if they – I mean, everyone acts like whenever these games happen that this is the only team that it happens to. It's it's every Sunday across the league, and not one or two examples. Like half the games are this way. You think you're going to blow somebody out. And on this don't. on this subject, let me ask you a question. What are the Chiefs' record right now? I don't even know. They're 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 supposed to be the cream of the crop of the NFL. I believe they're three and three as well. So it, it's it's not just the Steelers. No, this, but this, this the, these these are narratives though. This is yeah. the part that, that that tires me. It's it's playing down to the competition. It's uh, what has always let teams back in the game. Every game in the NFL is built that way. 
Mm-hmm. It just is. That's just how it goes in, in the National Football League. I don't know why. I don't know if it's something that that's within the structure of the rules because of the way they, they protect passers now and receivers, but it, it's not a Steelers thing. It's not a Tomlin thing. And I'm not somebody who's sitting here relentlessly, you know, backing Tomlin or whatever. I just get I get no. Um here, Ozzy comes back with I was wondering if it was just me if they waited too long to make that running adjustment. Yeah, they they waited they, way too long. Way, way too long. Too long. <laughs> The cleverly named Carmel J. Macchiato comes in with, hey, guys, I understand trying to establish a running game, but it felt like the offense got conservative and totally went away from Deontay Johnson in the second half. See, I'm careful with this because the last, what, three or four weeks, all we talked about was them establishing the running game, and then they tried to do that today or uh, last night, and it didn't work the way we wanted it to. But I'm I'm happy that they didn't just give up right away and then go to Ben throwing 45 times. Yeah, no, no question about that. Um, you know they, you know Deontay Johnson. Here's another one on on the wide receiver rotation from Tim Allison. He says, uh, "Curious is Claypool not impress with Claypool not impressing with Juju out? Why was James Washington playing so little?" Was excited to see more Fryermuth. Um, James Washington, for anybody who doesn't know, had one catch for nine yards and really just kind of sat on the bench sideline. Yeah. Do you have a? Because that's there's my question to you. Do you he's have not, an answer for that? There's there's well, remember that he's coming back from the the hamstring injury, right? So so there's that, but there was no indication whatsoever in game or post game of any injury to any Steelers player over the course of this night. So between that and hearing uh, both Ben Roethlisberger and Deontay Johnson refer to Ray Ray McLeod as the next guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, as the guy we're going to be counting on, that sounded to me like there was a decision made that, hey, this other guy is not getting it done. Uh, we're going we're gonna to turn to Ray Ray. Yeah, that was uh, – I, I did notice Deontay Johnson say that, and um... – I, you know, I didn't – one, I didn't know that they thought that highly of Ray Ray. Oh, they uh, do. I don't yeah. know why, but they definitely do. Uh, I I thought it was funny uh, on Tuesday when Mike Tomlin said, uh, called his day job uh, returning kicks and that he was going to have to, you know, build on that. I thought that was a little clever uh, comment that uh, Tomlin had. Oh, yeah. Eric here. Yeah, that's good stuff here. Yeah, Mr. Eric's in the house. Bill says – Eric's always in the house, Seattle- should we be giving Seattle some credit <laughs> um, that they can improve defensively week to week? Yes. Yeah. And I did expect this. One of the things that was prominent in the lead up to this game from the Seahawks perspective was that Pete Carroll had stated very strongly over the course of the week that he really felt like they've got the players and that that they had even solved what was wrong with their defense and getting wiped out week after week after week, 450-plus yards. And when I hear a coach or the players themselves say that and they say it with conviction, that means they do know that they've solved something and now they just need to go out and execute it. Mm -hmm. And they did. They did. Yeah, Yeah, their defense, uh, I thought they schemed well for the Steeler team. Uh, They were able to get – you know, they were able to contain – the running game. Um, 
I, I do like what, again, Tomlin and, and Ben said yesterday, last night, after the game, that this was a war of attrition, and they felt like they won that war of attrition because that's eventually. what the Seattle Seahawks – yeah, eventually. That's what the Seahawks turned it into. They they did not make it an easy game, and, and I thought that the – I going in, I thought the Steelers would have an easier time. Mike Costanza says, are these issues fixable or something that's going to take time and we'll see results in the future? I'm not sure what what issues you're – you're referencing Mike, but we're still here and we'll be happy to hear from you back. Um, for the most part, if you're asking just like a general thing, the Steelers, some issues are and some aren't, you know, um, the one that Tomlin loves to bring up sometimes jokingly, sometimes not, is that we're not going to make our quarterback fast and mobile. Okay. <laughs> that one's not fixable. Um, there are, there are other things though that we've seen that, that definitely are fixable. Leah says, uh, freaking cockroach can't run through those blocks. O-line definitely took a step back in the run game. Yes, at times. I, you know, I don't want to kick a dude while he's down with injury, but I thought that he we was saw terrible. more. Go I ahead thought and we, say it. He was I terrible. thought we saw a lot more from the run game when Haig came in. Uh, and, Did and we now? Yeah, Did, and, and, and you know what's funny? What else happened when Joe Haig came in in uh, in his in, in his previous appearance? Green Bay when when he came in and they ran the ball better. So well now, and then what happened to Joe Haig the week after that? He got benched. He got benched. Why? <laughs> All the guy does is get results. I, you know, I like I mean, him, you can't man. say that like he's a pinch hitter who walks up to the plate, hits a grand slam. That you could just pull one out. When you're talking about a guy who's come on now and performed this well, and he was also impressive in preseason, in training camp, you know, at least don't throw his name out right away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what I saw from him both times he's been in, in games. I, I don't know why they, they move away from him so quickly. Ryan, who wishes me a good morning, by the way, every day on YouTube, which is really cool. He comes in with a good morning, which is, is See, Ryan, I'm such a late sleeper, though, that I never get a chance to answer you <laughs> or respond to you until like seven or eight hours later. Uh, Ryan asks, what's the word on Moore's injury? And with him, do do the Steelers see Haig or Banner if he doesn't return by week eight? Well, I will remind that Tomlin cited no injuries. Now, we saw Moore get hurt. We saw Moore get replaced, but none were announced mm -hmm. uh, after the game. So it doesn't sound like something would be super serious there. Um it's not so much Hague or Banner. It's it's more about, you know, it's it's about Chooks and Banner and Banner's readiness. And then who do you want on the left side? And the fact that Chooks can't play – I'm sorry, that Banner can't play both sides. Hague can and has. Mm -hmm. Team Hague. Um, if, you put, if you put Banner out there, he's playing right tackle, plain and simple. You're moving Chooks to the left side, and you're squeezing out both Haig and Moore. Does that answer the question? I don't know. I think it answers the question. I think, uh, you know, I, we know what Banner is, and I think we are starting to see what Chooks is. I think we know what Chooks is good at and what he, you know, he's just inconsistent. Yeah. Um, Jeremy says the Seahawks were desperate as well, not just the Steelers. Right. Both teams were two and three. Yeah. I think the biggest concern was how long it took to make an adjustment to what Seattle did after that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, look, no one's going to remember that, you know, a year or two from now. You'll remember TJ with the, the strip sack and, yeah. and everything else. But that defined the game. 
meaning the, the performance of the team that defined it. You can look at that as a minus. You can look at it as a plus because they learned a painful lesson, but that was it. Yes. Jeremy completely with you on that. Hey, before we go to another question, I got, I got two things I want to bring up. We talked about uh, two guys in particular, well, three guys, three guys in particular. So three things we talked about Trey Norwood. We talked about Pat Fryermuth, and we talked about um, Alex Highsmith on Saturday on our question and answer session, all three of them played very good football games. They stepped up. I wonder if, you know, maybe, maybe uh, the Steelers are watching Steelers today and they're, you know, everyone else needs to get on, uh, on the bandwagon. (laughs) (laughs) Carmel J. Macchiato, which which I can't say often enough, if only to try to further help myself wake up here, says it was great seeing Alex Highsmith step up last night and Trey Norwood might be Mike Hilton 2.0, but covers better. It's early. Norwood, what Norwood did was the most impressive, I thought, was gasp, mate, tackles. Yeah. Um, let no one us, else was in that secondary. Well, that's why that's why I'm 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 glad this is brought up here because we're sitting here pounding Butler over adjustments, but the the real culprit here was that these guys were not prepared to play tackle football. No. Uh, that one play, man, was it? I don't know if that was uh, was that Homer or was that Barry Sanders? Or it was, was Homer. Eric Dickerson? It was Homer. I mean, Homer I, is. He didn't look like Homer in that play. He looked like uh, he looked like you Homer know, Simpson. 80s. I mean, here, here, look at this. They made him look something. like this is the this is the um, what do you call it? this is the flip guy. card flip okay. card that they give us out at the uh, at the stadiums here. The Seahawks flip card has Travis Homer is down here. Okay. These are the other these are the other running backs over here. This is Travis Homer down here. That guy looks like Barry Sanders uh making Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick miss. Uh it, it you know the the tackling was almost almost universally bad. The yeah. only people finishing their tackles were Norwood, TJ Watt, and Cam Cam Hayward, and everyone else was whiffing like crazy. What an absolute embarrassment uh, that was here. Eric Winslow says in all capital letters, yes, there is a reason T.J. Watt is the best paid defensive player. Well worth it. Who disputes that? I don't know. And if someone is disputing it, we may need to have a conversation. I keep seeing these like – yeah, and then even from a couple of the Steelers' own employees put up something like worth every penny. I'm like, who the hell disputed that? I mean, he is exactly what he is. There's no surprises with T.J. Watt. No, uh, I, I don't think he's hit his peak yet either. Oh, I, I do. <laughs> I, 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 don't, yeah. I don't know, man. I think he's got I'm, a little ceiling left. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not in the business of doubting T.J. Watt here. Uh, Brian Brown asks, can you guys help explain – what in the wide world of sports happened at the end of regulation? I've never seen that before. <laughs> uh, I think Mike Tomlin had a great explanation for it just by dropping a bunch of F-bombs and calling it an embarrassment. Yeah, it was I, like – so I'm watching it on TV, and you, it was a clear catch. Like there was no disputing that it was a catch. So when they go to video review and say that they're reviewing the catch, like if they would have said we're reviewing the fumble or we're reviewing the spot of the ball – Okay, fine. I get that. That makes sense. Whatever. But they said they were reviewing the actual catch. He had made three or four steps upfield. He made two or three football moves. I don't know what. That was just bizarre. Yeah. 
I, I think that was a classic case of they messed up and then they needed to find a reason cocked a reason that they messed up and they went yeah. uh reviewed the catch what catch yeah. i mean the, we needed to make sure it was a catch what do you mean <laughs> you called it a fumble if you yeah. called it a fumble if by it's virtue of that then that means it was originally a catch because you couldn't yeah. have fumbled it otherwise it would have been an incomplete pass yeah i i uh, didn't get any of that slow-mo bay asks why not run Najee at the end of the game to get the ball closer uh, answer they trust Boswell more than they trust the running game. Wait, you mean overtime? 37 no, yarder? They were a 37 yarder with Boswell, man. The way he's been kicking the ball. There's yeah, no need to is, risk the fumble. There's no need to risk anything. Injuries, over. fumbles, anything like that. I'm not sure. You know, in, in fairness here, and give him a chance here to come back and respond, but maybe maybe uh this this viewer is referring to the regulation. But that that last play of regulation did go to Najee, 12-yard catch, one we were talking about uh, last night here. John Witkowski says, why don't they line up Chase Claypool in the slot and get him clean catches on crosses or slants? He really struggles with contested catches out wide. Well, John, the problem with that is he really shouldn't be struggling with contested catches out wide because he never struggled with them. them. That's why they drafted the guy. They did not draft... I mean, if you keep taking your wide receivers and every time something goes wrong, you say, oh, slot guy. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't have four slot guys in the wide, <laughs> playing wide receiver. Absolutely, positively needs to have a legit threat to stretch the field. Now, so far, the only guy that's done that and any consistent level has been Deontay Johnson, who's the little guy of the crew. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that's disappointing. And the sad thing is, is when Claypool is on his game going downfield, he's very hard to beat. He's very hard to handle, but it's just very rare that he's on his game this year. Slow-mo Bay comes back at us. 37 yards isn't a gimme. Feel free to come back at slow-mo Bay here. He thinks that... Uh, the way Boz is kicking, man, I'm, uh, I'm trusting him. <laughs> let's let's see uh, what everyone's got to say here. Oh, Eric Winslow comes in with Boz has quite the leg, and he looks so scrawny, but he can kick. Mr. Eric says, how great is Boswell? Yeah, this is this is what you're going to get a lot of here. Uh, this guy has been unbelievable. Yeah. Since 2019, the single most accurate, productive kicker in the National Football League, yes, including you-know-who in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. He has He's- been unbelievable. It's a nice. It is a nice uh, weapon to have in your back pocket. You know, like that that safety net blanket to where you you can almost guarantee three points if you get inside the forty yard line. Carl Stock says there was a phone in to Bill and Charlie that Steelers should have signed four mediocre players instead of Watt. Honestly, Bill and Charlie. I presume that means Bill Hillgrove and Charlie Batch. Yeah, I guess one of their post game shows or something. Yeah, I got to tell you that doesn't that doesn't. That's not going to create that kind of a feedback here. Uh, Leah says that she almost died when Devin Bush ran back <laughs> after picking up that forced fumble. Did you, uh, did you see Cam, uh, Cam Hayward yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said it looked like a play from the Little Giants? Oh, he's like, he's, he's this, as Cam said that he was yelling, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> but then, you know what? When you saw that, the, the end of the play, when the ball, is up, oh, the ball moves and you're thinking, oh, man, you know, 
Uh, uh, yeah. But you know what? I'm not going to – he had a lousy game, but he also scooped up the ball and helped yeah. to win it. So, um, yeah, all kinds of, of, uh, of Boswell support going on here. Not at all <laughs> surprised by that here. Mr. Yaya says, what happened to the offensive line? Looks like they regressed. This is, you're the second one to say that here. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that they did. Um, there was some – if you want to refer to their inconsistency as regression, go ahead. Because that's whenever they're not going well, you still will see an occasional spurt or a big mm-hmm. block where you go, whoa, like remember the one Kendrick Green threw last night? Like right up the gut? Yeah. Just yeah. totally sealed his guy. And Najee goes right past him. Real nice looking game. Yeah. But then on the next play, you'll see Green just completely just fan and, and just and I, stand in space. I don't think that that's a product of bad <laughs> offensive linemen. I think that's a product of youth and not playing together. Oh, I mean, absolutely. It, it's it's gonna like I know that it's funny the the buzzword I feel like this year for the offensive line has been cohesion, but it's gonna take time to build that. Richard Stone says Steelers look more balanced on all sides. With an underrated special teams, I'm not sure what would be underrated about the special teams. Special teams don't really excite me all that much, other than other than no, Boswell. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Boswell had a good, obviously had a good game. But aside from one not so great kick, I thought Percy or uh, Presley Harvin did a pretty good job last night. Uh, I mean that right. that that ball, that 56 yard punt in overtime, set up the TJ Watt sack. He he, as far as punters go, he he, he did all right. Uh, Mike Tomlin was asked about that 56-yard punt. His response, the entire response was, he owed us one. Tomlin <laughs> will, will never stop torturing torturing rookies. He owed us one. Referring to the, 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 the one the bad shank. one. The, yeah, the, the, yeah the, right before that. Um, Terry Taylor says, my wife loves you guys and watching this with me in the car. Whoa, hang on a second. Who's driving? <laughs> Don't be watching us in the car. Hopefully the Uber driver. <laughs> now, okay, now that would be okay. Sarah Taylor comes in uh, with a terrific question. Where in the world is Minka Fitzpatrick? <laughs> Diego? Uh, Sarah, there, Minka is not an easy player to analyze, so I, I, I'm always careful about criticizing because his presence alone keeps teams away from certain parts of the field. After last night... I am quite comfortable criticizing him. He is not playing well at all. Not in tackles, not in coverage. And by the way, what was supposed to be his claim to fame? What was his big thing that makes him splash plays and splash splash plays, turnovers, results of takeaways and hold up a fist in the air right now, a fist. And that's the number of takeaways that Minka Fitzpatrick has generated this season. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, he definitely has not been his what we're used to seeing from him over the you know last year and a half that we've had him on there that he's been on the Steelers. I think that uh, I think it's put up or shut up time after the bye week for him. Jacob, especially says, a contract year. You guys feel that the refs should get fined for bad calls that affect the ending of a game? Let me ask you a question, Jacob. And I'm being completely serious here. You know that I love you. Okay, I mean you're you're with us all the time. Uh, if you're having a difficult time hiring and producing 
the best possible officials that you can at the highest level of the sport and your entire hiring class almost has to come from within the United States and to a lesser extent, Canada, much lesser extent, because football, American football is not an international sport. You can't just go get referees and umpires and whatever from wherever. Okay. And you already know that the NFL is having a tough time with that and getting these guys and having the full time. And then you want to bring into the equation, punishing them financially (laughs) for doing something that's just human and missing calls. I hope this answers my question or I hope this answers your question. No, no. Why are officials part-time? Like why why like why does the NFL not just pony up the money and make those those guys full time? I don't know. Maybe they need another billion in annual revenue as opposed to the that's the one that, that doesn't make get. sense. That's yeah. what doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, uh, Doctor B comes in with why is the NFL having a tough time getting refs? It's just because it's that's not something that everybody does. You know, it's a small pool. You know, mm-hmm. they they'll look to the college ranks, but the college ranks will in some cases wrap up their own. You know, and and if you go into the ACC and the Big Ten and the and the whoever else in college football, it's a small pool, and you promote them, and then the pool in that end has to get replenished, and it's not something that a lot of people do for a really really long time. I know we see when we're looking and we recognize some of the faces, and we go, oh yeah, that guy's been around forever. These guys, most of them have not. Mm-hmm. Ryan Brown says Edmonds has played Minka. Well, they both stunk last night. So yeah, it wasn't there wasn't <laughs> anything to write home about in the secondary. <laughs> no, uh, Will Summer Sumner asks uh, this team needs ninety one back now more than ever over the next two weeks. I've been treading really lightly for obvious reasons on mm-hmm. the Stefan Tuit issue. Uh, there's n- nothing in life that supersedes a, a family tragedy. On top of that, he did get hurt. Yeah. He got hurt in training camp. Um, they not yet stated how or why or to what extent, but his teammates, when they've spoken, Chris Wormley has done this uh, most recently, are insisting that he's going to be back. Mm-hmm. He's going to be back. So I, I don't have any reason to doubt that. He's working out. He's at the complex. Um, they think he's going to be back. I hope he is because he's a huge part of this defense, especially you know what he brings in the run game. Um, but one thing that I think is immensely overlooked in sports is the mental health side of 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 what these athletes go through. And like you said, nothing supersedes a, a death of a family member, a family tragedy. So uh, you know, my heart goes out to him, and I I hope he's ready to come back when he comes back. We've got time for a couple more today. Try to keep this to around a half hour, Jackson. Says I was about I'm about to move to Pittsburgh. Oh, that's cool, and I'm excited to be able to see the Steelers in person. What's the best part about being at Heinz Field that doesn't translate through the TV? Go ahead, Eddie. Renegade. <laughs> okay, well that that probably translates a little uh, bit. I, Renegade for me, man. It's it's um, no, it, it's that. It's there's something about. I mean, I, my first experience Steelers live was uh, the 97 AFC Championship game against Which the Which was Denver. not at Heinz Field, obviously. It was, yeah, Three Rivers Stadium. It was um, against the Denver Broncos. Steelers obviously lost 24-21. But, man, when, you, when that crowd gets going and, you know, something big happens, especially in Pittsburgh with the defense, th- there's nothing that I've ever experienced in person live that, that 
matches that excitement and that that level of energy. Well, it's it's something it's something special. Referring to the facility specifically, what you'll appreciate the most, I think, about Heinz Field is the open feel to it. It's oh, yeah. as open yeah. as it used to be. But when you when you get over to the um, the south facing end zone and you're up on the the rotundas it's and you're beautiful. on that back concourse uh, with the city and the point and everything facing you out there. There is a reason Jackson that you see empty yellow seats when you're watching these games and you wonder where everybody yeah. is. They are all over on the there. Thousands of them. And I mean, thousands Yeah, lining the rotundas and you're standing and it's a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's you have people around you. You feel like you're one of them, like you're one of the people standing and everything. And it's 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 a it's a it's a neat place. It, you know where you are uh, when you're there. Um, let's, see, let's see if we can take. What did we say? A couple more? We yeah, a couple that, more. Right? We can do that. Uh, what's over here? BMK says I was at the game and sitting in the opposite end zone. So it was a good bit away. Lower level. The bobble was more questionable. Than the catch. Oh, he's talking about the uh, the the catch on the sideline that he, he pinned it against his uh, DK Metcalf pinned it against his leg, and uh, I I think it came on a big third down or a, it was a, a catch. A, a, yeah, it was a catch. It was, it was close, but I think it was a catch. Yeah, you know the rule is isn't that it has to be pretty and in between your hands. The rule is control, and I don't think anybody would doubt that at that point that he got his last foot in that he definitely had control there. Um, Eric Winslow says, hi, Smith is complimenting TJ now like Bud Dupree used to be easy, easy. Hi, one Smith game. Finally one game. had a nice game. Uh, hi, Smith had a real impact in this game. That was very encouraging because that's the high Smith that we saw Yep. Uh, in preseason. Yeah, it's uh, same thing we said about the offensive line uh, coming into this game. We want to see them build off it, grow from it, be better. Uh, you know, just keep moving forward. Um, same thing for Highsmith here. Uh, build off of this good game. Keep keep making, you know, strides forward. Build off the momentum. Yeah, comeback says the problem is the networks pay the best refs more to be on TV. It's much less stress than being in a game. Well, I mean, that sounds good and everything, but there aren't that many guys on TV. Mm. I mean, you got Mike Pereira and a couple others, and it's like th- those guys would not single-handedly <laughs> make a difference here. Michael Nesbitt says, does Norwood look like a potential replacement at safety? Easy. Easy. Again, when you see one really good game, yeah. no one's had a chance to scout that guy and attack him and attack his shortcomings and expose him. Do you know what I love about Steeler Nation is the optimism? Because there's one bad game and everyone just shuts up. Everyone's quiet. No one talks to each other. It's just kind of dead silence. One good game and man, we're it's right back to Super Bowl. These guys could be starters. The rookies are the best. I, mean, it, I love it, man. I love the optimism. Here's our last one. Trevor Hamilton says, "How did Ben play? I thought he had a decent game at best. Out of sync with wide receivers on throws. Almost cost him the game with a fumble and threw directly at Adams." Hang on a second. You just said he had a decent <laughs> game, and then you just completely bury him with all three examples. I think if you watch back that pass that hit. Uh, Adams in the face mask. In the face? Yeah, I think you'll see that Deontay Johnson ran, cut his route short. He did. Uh, yeah, he, he. It was. It looked like uh, Ben was thinking he was going to go across, and he cut it to a hook. 
And so I think that might have been more on Deontay than it is on Ben. But again, like you said at the beginning of the show, we can't really say that for sure. We don't know what it was supposed to be. So. Yeah, I just I, I I don't you know, I Ben had a he had an okay day. He didn't throw any interceptions. He he stayed uh, standing upright. He's made it healthy through six weeks. The Steelers are three and three. Um, I didn't think he was great. I thought there was some regression in terms of all his checkdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought he looked way too often right off the bat, right to the flat. And that was the kind yeah. of stuff that he had started getting away from the previous week, which is a little bit of a, so I, I thought that part was a little bit of a bummer. JB comes in with great stuff. Thanks. No, I mean, right back to everybody. This was, yeah. uh, you know, this, this was a lot of fun. Um, it, and it's great to just, you know, like this, it's, and it's even greater to be honest with you. It's after a win. Because man, Eddie's Eddie, whatever Eddie said there about the optimism, man. Get out of here, optimism. You're way too nice. This guy's a pastor. He's <laughs> way too nice. Okay, Steelers Nation. That's what I do, man. That's what Steeler I do. Nation is an optimistic. Steeler Nation is looking for the like the the cliff to drive off the <laughs> end of at all at, at all times. Um, that's just that's just what that group is here. But uh, yeah, let's do this again, huh? Absolutely, I think so. I'd be all for it. It's now, been fun. In the meantime, our man Jacob here has figured out why he wasn't getting notifications. And this is the preeminent concern of our time. Uh, listen, subscribe to the channel. Then you will get notifications. That means on YouTube. You gotta uh, hit the you gotta hit the bell though. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. You will get notifications when these things come up. Mm-hmm. And of course, go check out, you know, our our website. You know, DK Pittsburgh Sports. We will also send out notifications so that you don't miss these whenever they're happening live. So, Ryan gets the last word. Steeler Nation units stairway to seven. There you go. All right, guys. All right, it's been fun. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us, everybody. <laughs>